0: All right. As promised, we are joined right now, and I will get your phone calls in. We are joined right now by a senior insider for The Athletic and Stadium, also co-host of Run It Back, which is seen on FanDuel TV. We are joined right now by Shams Sharania. Shams, great to have you on the show, man. How are you?
1: Jim, I'm I'm absolutely honored to be on. I've been a I, I am a big fan. I've been a big fan, so appreciate you having me on. Thank you,
0: Shams. We should have done this much sooner. It's great to have you on. I'm really glad to have the opportunity. In fact, let me ask you: How you feeling, man? Are you ready for the All Star break, or is there no break for a senior insider such as yourself?
1: There, there's never a break, but obviously now with All Star weekend being after the trade deadline, the trade deadline's come and gone. Super Bowl is is out of the way. All eyes can can just be on the, the festivities, whether, whether it comes to rising stars. Saturday night events, three-point shootout, skills challenge, you have Sabrina versus Steph, you have the dunk contest, and then obviously the All-Star game on Sunday. So, it it used to be, when I first started covering the league, trade deadline would be after All-Star break, and that's what made All-Star weekend really winter meetings for the whole league, because agents, everyone, team executives, everyone would would be on kind of edge going into All-Star weekend, because you don't know a guy could be traded, and then the league changed the rules once to Marcus Cousins got traded on uh, the day of the All-Star game. So, But for me, uh, definitely the phone never stops, and and you you don't want it to stop. I I hope I get a call while I'm on with you.
0: That's it. Well, Well, actually, I hope you don't. But maybe right afterwards. His you know, the thing about that is like it's changed. You talked about what it was like when you broke in. I mean, you're paid to break news, you're paid to get scoops, you're really good at that, but you also have a show on FanDuel that is a really good watch. I had one of your co hosts, Chandler Parsons, on my pod this week. Dude, I don't need to tell you this. This cat is a legend. He did the entire pod while playing eighteen at Sherwood Country Club. Not only did he do it, but he kicked ass completely. How much fun do you have running running it back and doing that show with Chandler, Michelle Beadle, and Lou Williams? I'm FanDuel?
1: Just honestly one of the biggest challenges and the best of ways of my life in terms of how early the show is. We set the tone, we set the, the conversation for the day when it comes to the NBA, 9 a.m. Central Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time um, and, and it's just Michelle Beadle, a total pro. I didn't know her much before the show, but she's been I couldn't think of another host for the show how she quarterbacks it Her, her she's goofy at times, she's serious she, she's able to, to find her way in terms of the talking points, the conversation. She knows the gravity of every conversation. Chandler Parsons, I covered Chandler when he was playing. I, I, I can think about it now. When he signed a Dallas in 2014, 2015-ish, I went out, traveled to go do a sit-down interview with him. So me and him, our rapport goes, goes way back. And I, 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 Unlike him, I can't be doing this interview with you, Jim, while I'm on, on the greens. Uh, he, he's just a one-of-one individual. Like you said, he's a legend. Um, I think what he brings to our show when it comes to having his own opinion and informed opinion, he played in the league for so long. He was a great player at his peak before injuries set in. So he's been an absolute – I mean, I've known him uh, for years now, and I think our chemistry and our report has only gotten better. And this year we we added Lou Williams, who in his own right, a legend, uh, three-time, sixth man of the year, uh, long-time, you know, one of the best scorers, definitely coming off the bench in league history. And what he brought to our show is kind of like – I think him and Chandler have formed a great relationship, but Lou is able to just weave his way, and and guys respect him. He's got such a great clout level cachet around the league, so I just try to do my best part, but those three are absolute stars and and I'm I'm just blessed and honored to be a part of it.
0: Good for you man. You get it. Shams joining us. So Shams, let me ask you this. Like I want to say before I get to some of the bigger storylines at the break, but I'm going to say this is one of the bigger storylines at the break because it's not often you see an NBA player getting arrested for punching another player in the face before a game, but that's exactly what happened to Isaiah Stewart of the Pistons. The hell precipitated that and then what's going to happen to Stewart?
1: So November fifth in Detroit, both teams played Detroit and Phoenix and that's in that game there was some back and forth yapping. and and for whatever reason it did extend into when these teams saw each other the other night in, in Phoenix and I was told both Isaiah Stewart and Drew Eubanks were making their way into the arena past security and that's when according to to direct sources that I've heard that have that have witnessed the footage that's been sent to the league at this point. Basically, they got into a back and forth exchange words. They ended up getting chest to chest with each other, and Isaiah Stewart threw a punch to the mouth face area of of Drew Eubanks, and it, it led to obviously security and everyone separating them. And and at that point, you know, Drew Eubanks, from what I'm told, he he, he took the punch. He he was pretty stone cold about it, but police had to separate them. Police had to escort. Isaiah Stewart out of the arena. And at this point, it's really on local law and league investigations that, are, that have started. It's ongoing. It's active. The police did arrest Isaiah Stewart that night, um, charged him, gave him a citation for assault, and they've since released him, obviously, that same night. Uh, but the league is looking into it, from what I'm told, the, the police investigation, according to their release, it, it, it's, it's ongoing. And Isaiah Stewart, a couple of years ago, he had the incident with LeBron James. But this is a guy that's a talented player. When I do talk to people about him, I've heard he's a very nice human being. So, you know, it's just an unfortunate situation that happened before a game uh, in Detroit. Obviously, one of the bottom door teams in the league uh, this season, just another you know, issue for them this season. How
0: wild, wild situation. Chumps, you mentioned LeBron, so let me ask you about that. I'll follow that up. He made history with his 20th All-Star selection, but I'm imagining most of the talk in Indy regarding LeBron's going to be about his future. The fact that Golden State tried to deal for him at the deadline suggests that once again, he's not happy. That, well, that and his hourglass emoji that he posted on social. How unhappy do you think he is this time? And what do the Lakers do to placate him this time?
1: I think LeBron James's whole mentality is just trying to win and, and putting the Lakers in position to win. And if it meant going out at the, all, at the trade deadline and getting DeJounte Murray or a player like that, I think that's something he wanted, uh, you know, from, from my sense and what we've seen from LeBron James, he wants the team to be as competitive uh, and upgrade as possible. And the Lakers, they didn't make a move at the deadline. They did get Spencer Dinwiddie, though. Uh, they, they, they have not lost since Spencer Dinwiddie's been inserted in the lineup. Uh, he's coming off, I believe, ten points, four assists in Utah. You can see the impact that he's going to have coming off the bench, and they didn't have to give anything up to go get him. They got him as a free agent on a one point five million dollar deal for the rest of the season. So for the Lakers, for Rob Palinka in that front office, they they felt like getting Spencer Dinwiddie on the buyout market was better than any trade they could make on. The, you know that that wasn't going to deplete them of either assets moving forward. This is a team that's going to have three first round draft picks in the summer. They're going to have uh, multiple players that will hold value come summertime. And every team is going to ask about Austin Reeves, and that's inevitable. As they go superstar hunting this summer, um, I-, I do think those conversations around the picks, around team desire for a guy like Austin Reeves, his value is only getting higher and higher with every passing season.
0: Hmm. Shams, what about moving along really quickly? I'm picking my spots here. Uh, congrats to Doc Rivers for doing a good enough job with the Bucks. It's hard to get to coach the Eastern Conference All-Star game, right? Or whatever that's all about. But that aside, dude, what was your reaction to them hiring him initially? And what do you make of them being three and seven after losing last night to the Grizz JV
1: well, I think, and I wrote about it in the in the aftermath in the Athletic, but the, the firing of Adrian Griffin was really a long time coming. This is something that had been stemming. Um, the, the Bucks had been mulling it, considering it, thinking about it, really since the in season tournament in early December. That's around the time I reported on it. They began having, uh, you know, informal conversations with Doc Rivers to be a consultant to assist the organization to assist Adrian Griffin. And and I think as the year went on, as December flipped to January, they really believed that this is a team that's championship-robust. And when you have Damian Lillard, when you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, they're trying to win a championship this season. John Horst you know, went out, was active, made those big trades in the summer. And they're trying to win and compete now. And they felt getting rid of Adrian Griffin, bringing in Doc Rivers was going to give them the best opportunity to win now. Again, you've gone from Mike Budenholzer, then you go get Adrian Griffin. Then you go get Doc Rivers. They're paying, I'm told, around $18 million for those three coaches this season. Doc Rivers is going to be making $11 million a year after this year for the next three years. So this is their group. This is what they have. Uh, I believe they're 3-7 and seven under Doc Rivers so far. Uh, you know, I, I will say they are better defensively. Every defensive stat, for the most part, they've, they've completely turned it around. But you've got to win. You've got to produce. And I do. I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt, but so far – They have not clicked, I think, the way they hoped initially once they made the change.
0: Hey, listen, I appreciate how aggressive they are. They know they've got that window. You've got a couple of guys, great, great players in their prime and Middleton. I appreciate them going about it the way they are, but bringing Doc in, I'm not so sure about. I wasn't then, I'm not now, and I'm not seeing anything that leads me to believe that that's going to change anytime soon. Shams, before you go, the association, it seems to me, is a hell of a lot more interesting when the Knicks matter, and it's really a lot more interesting when Nick Nick fan is juiced and in the street and yelling and doing what Nick fan does like this is good this is good for the league nick fan
1: Trey Young Trey Young looks like my dad's I I never saw my dad He still looks like I better not catch Trey and Dinkman. I better not catch Trey and Dinkman. Now, yo, give me a shot. I mean, who doesn't
0: think the world's not better for that? So they go into the break, Shams. They've lost four in a row. But do you think that they're built to make any kind of run in the Eastern Conference in the second half?
1: A, a lot has to do with health, right? And and we saw Jalen Brunson uh, tweak his ankle near the end of, of the first half of the season. We're hoping he's going to be okay. Julius Randle, what's his status look like? He's going to get reevaluated after the All-Star break. I think there's obviously a hope that he's going to be back this season. Avoid surgery. Time will tell. Um, but this is a group, if healthy, they can get Julius Randle back in and into the fold. They, they, they will be. They will, have, they will have, have an opportunity to make noise. They're going to be right there. I, I don't know if this is a championship team yet. We, we have to see this team in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, they got out of the first round last year, and they've only gotten better and better with each passing year. So I don't know if that's second round or that's conference finals, but this team – clearly has potential uh, to do better than they did last year.
0: Hey, Shams, one last thought really quickly. I appreciate the time. You mentioned the phrase championship team. When the Clippers, and they hit the all-star break at 36-17, and when they brought in James Harden, personally I thought that he'd have his fat suit at the ready and that he'd be rocking it by now. I could not have been more wrong. Are they a championship team in your mind potentially this year?
1: No question. I think the Clippers have to be one of the front runners. I mean we you think about both conferences, you have Milwaukee, you have Boston in the east, maybe you know, potentially Philadelphia if Joel and gets back on the floor uh you know, late March, early April. And I think out west you have to look at teams like Denver, the Clippers, you have to throw the Lakers in there. Um, you know, Phoenix, Minnesota, O K C. Um, you know, I, I think those are really the teams that, that you have to have to look at. And and definitely I would I would I would certainly throw the Clippers in there. They've been arguably the best team in the league ever since um, they, they, they got James you know, ever since the new year and they put James Harden in the starting lineup and Russell Westbrook off the bench. I've been to several Clippers games this year. The impact Russell Westbrook has the spark plug has been noticeable and James Harden, I mean he's he's the exact game managing, scoring point guard, lethal point guard that they've needed for the last several years. So this is a team if Kawhi Leonard, Paul George stay healthy, if James Harden's healthy, Russell Westbrook's healthy, they will have a chance. Winning a championship,
0: dude. I lied really quickly. You just said they're sparked by having Russell Westbrook off the bench. What about Clay Thompson coming off the bench and doing what he did last night? Do you think that will keep up? And what do they look like if they bring him off the bench in the second half?
1: Well, if they win, I think everyone's going to be happy. I, I don't. I, from what I'm, told, I don't, you're never going to be happy if you're Clay Thompson. You know, coming off the bench in that situation, he's a guy that started his whole career, has won championships there, All NBA, All Star caliber player. Um, and now to be coming off the bench, I don't think that's something that he envisioned, but he's obviously willing to sacrifice for wins. And, 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 yeah, I mean, if he, he showed last night that he can still produce at a very, very high level, and we'll see if that translates to the second half. You
0: covered a lot of ground. Shams, I had to, though, right? It had been a long time waiting or coming for you to come on the show. We finally got you on. I appreciate you. Great job. And the show on FanDuel is a great watch. I really appreciate it, man. Great talking to you, Shams. Thank you so much.
1: Jim, appreciate you, man. Thank you.
0: Appreciate you, dude. Well done. He's the co-host of Run It Back on FanDuel TV. I want to remind you, that podcast that I talked to him about, if you have not dialed in Chandler Parsons for episode 301 of the Jim Rohn podcast, he did the entire interview while playing 18 at Sherwood. And it's, it's just awesome. So you want to check that out. And Shams is also a senior insider for The Athletic and Stadium.